Welcome to this special edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. It's an open forum, and it's your time to call with your questions about the Bible, biblical teachings, and practical Christian living. Whatever's on your mind, call 631-955-5400 to be on the program, or text your question to Pastor Bill at 516-367-0391. Now, here's your host for today's open forum, Pastor Bill Shishko. The dark night of the soul, a lonely private hell. My heart is empty, all the fountains that should run with longings are dried up in me. I could weep by the hour like a child, and yet I knew not what I wept for. The only thing that you know is that you are guilty, shameful, and worthless. I fear everyone and everything. My bones wasted away from my groaning all day long. My soul refuses to be comforted. Darkness is my closest companion. All of these statements, and so so many more like them, describe what we call depression. Depression, or melancholia as it was called in generations past, is part of the fallout that came into the world as a result of the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve. Depression is a painful attack on the mind, an attack by the combined forces of our three great enemies, the world, our own fallen natures, what the Bible calls the flesh, and the devil. God's people in the Bible have experienced that Job, Jacob, Elijah, Asaph, and Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, come to mind And no doubt you've experienced it either briefly or for longer periods of time. Pastors and other counselors deal with it regularly and the people that they're called to serve. Well, today's open forum on a visit to the pastor's study is devoted to your questions and phone calls about depression. So if you want to be on the air as part of the program, just call 631-955-5400 and jot down that number for your calls when you want to uh, be on the air on this weekly visit to the pastor's study, 631-955-5400, or you can text your questions anytime during the week but particularly for this program at this number text questions only 5163670391 put that under pastor bill that's who i am and if you put down pastor bill and then the number 5163670391 you can text your questions anytime during the week i've got a guest pastor to help me and also to help you as you wrestle with questions about depression. Pastor Mike Plugman of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Bohemia here on Long Island is in the studio with me. Hey, Pastor Mike, welcome again to a visit to the pastor's study. It's good to be with you once again, Pastor Bill. Yeah, Thanks great, for having me. Great to have you with us. I always think of Pastor Mike as a leading what I regard as a model of community ministry. We've talked about that. That's for another day. Um, pastor Mike, this question has come to us, um, and and... I'm sure it reflects what a lot of people are saying or thinking. I, I feel trapped. I feel trapped in my depression. Why doesn't God answer my prayers that I get over this? One of the uh, thoughts that comes to mind whenever I, I deal with the why questions, whether it's depression or other issues, is 
that it's my experience, and I think we see it in Scripture, but I think God's people throughout time have have, uh, seen and experienced this, that God's way with us usually is a matter of through and not around. Interesting. Or over or (laughs) under. Um, But it's through. In in, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, the power of a preposition. Yeah, there you have it. And I, I think that goes to the answer, um, you know, to a large extent. God's way with us, he leads us through uh, the, the deep valleys and through the dark days. And he has a purpose in it. You mm-hmm. know, all God's ways are wise ways, and they're good ways. There mm-hmm. isn't um, a malicious um aspect to it with the Lord. You know. Yeah, to the yeah. Lord's people. Yeah. That's right. So it's so That's important right. to be in yeah. Christ right. and, and know that all sure. things work together for our good. And, and uh, you know, there's long roads and short roads, and um, God has ordained their length, and we and we go, as you put it, through them. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but um, did, did you, I was going to let's talk a little bit more about okay. the, the different, I think of, you know, Isaiah, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. And I, and I think right. we go big, back to this. I've, you know, I've often thought, um, even in speaking out in Bohemia, um, we, want, we want relief, and God wants remaking. We're to be remade in his image. And, and, and the one that, of course, the, the ladies love this one, um, is, is that we want to do things with a microwave God does things with a crockpot. He takes time with them. But, but I'm interested right. more of your thoughts about that. Well, that's definitely true. We are always in a hurry, particularly when it comes to get us out of discomfort, uh, out of times of trial, uh, out of depression, out of darkness, yeah. all these things. We want to get out of it yeah. and in a hurry. Yeah. But the Lord is the God who takes his time with us uh, to accomplish his ends, which are usually worked out like, like you indicated yeah. over time. Yeah, we're the painkiller generation. So, yeah, right. the, the grace of patience is um, the willingness not to impose deadlines on the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Yeah. And I find it interesting um, when we talk about relief, um, and, and God does give relief. I mean, one of the things that's always mentioned is exercise. And and we live in, in a very sedentary culture. We sit we a lot. right? Yeah. And when people get out, there are these things called endorphins, uh, that the, the chemicals, at least as we understand them now, that are released when we exercise. And they are natural painkillers, <laughs> which is, I would think is quite fascinating. Especially emotional pain. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's not just yeah. a matter of getting your mind off things. It's a matter that your mind is, is thinking in different ways when you exercise. Right. Uh, Pastor Might, from, again, from your pastoral experience, and you, you've had a lot now. You've been a pastor over 20 years. 20 years. 20 years, now, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, how do you see, when in depression, people will often see realities uh, genuine realities much more deeply. Uh, can you talk about that a bit? That is true. I, I think it's important um, during times of depression to, to remember something. And I was only a teenager when a missionary shared this with me, but it always stuck with me. He said to me, you've got to remember that in the Christian life, it's very much like walking on ice. 
you can be very comfortable and really enjoy life, you mm-hmm. know, moving about the ice, skating on it, whatever, all kinds of activities, or you can be very fearful, um, very uh, uptight. uptight and timid yeah. and so mm-hmm. forth. But the important thing to remember is that it's not how you feel. That's totally irrelevant. Yeah. What you need is thick ice. And in oh, the kingdom great. of God, you've got thick ice. Yeah, Those great. promises of God do not budge. Yeah. They're like the rock of Gibraltar underneath you. Yeah. Yeah. And that should bring a, a measure of joy and of comfort um, to our souls. Uh, thanksgiving ought, ought to well up within our hearts. And I think during depression, we are too preoccupied about how we feel yeah. and, oh, and so not much. about the ice underneath us. Yeah, of course, a basic and biblical counsel that's a great analogy. The basic and biblical counseling is rephrasing the way people say what they're thinking. Um, I, when, when a person says, I don't feel like, and talking about a person that genuinely trusts in Christ, right. I don't feel like I'm a Christian. Right. I think there you say, there you crucify your feelings. You are in Christ. You trust in him alone. Um, on the other hand, when they say, I don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning, I don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning, say, well, you may not feel like it. You do it anyway. You, you emphasize right. duty. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um one of the things I was, I was thinking about as far as feeling these realities, I don't know what your experience has been, but usually when I deal with people that are that are in very deep depression, they feel like they are under the wrath of God. And their descriptions of their own conviction of sin are very, very real. And that's what I mean. They've kind of come in touch with these reality, by nature we are children of wrath, yes. even as the rest, and yet the devil is deceiving them. And, and I think it's very important. He's, he's a he's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a destroyer. And there you you, you, you that's an example of it. I mean, then you constantly though are turning the back to, as you put it, the thick ice uh, of the promises. Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, agree quickly with your adversary is is, is another uh, phrase uh, f- uh, from the Lord. Uh, coming to mind that, you know, when you feel like you're a great sinner, don't reason your way out of that, but agree with that because it is the reality. It is the truth. We are great sinners. Um, But but Jesus is a greater Savior. That's right. Jesus is a greater Savior. So uh, agree quickly with your adversary, but then move on to the promises of God. Yeah. Exactly. Of course, then what do you do when they say to you, yeah, but I don't believe the promises of God apply to me? Then what do you say to them? Well, you really don't have a right to tell the Lord off when he gives you a (laughs) promise. You don't say no. (laughs) It's not for me. Um, Right. One of the, yeah, yeah, I think think it was Theodore Zankius, one of the Protestant reformers dealing with election. And and people would say, well, how do I know I'm elect or not? And he, he of course said, that's not your business. Nobody has the right to believe he or she is not elect. That's right. Similar to what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. So it's kind of a holy reasoning with with yourself. Well, yeah. I mean, the psalmist does that, right? Uh, why are you disquieted within me, O my soul? No. Um, and so he reasons with himself. Yeah. And we got to do that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And you reason your way back to the promises of God. You got thick ice underneath you. That, that's an enormous 
um, comforting truth, if it was the other way around, if reality were determined by how we feel, we'd be in big trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. We'd be yeah, in big oh, trouble. No. But it isn't. <laughs> the line I used it before is, I don't even feel saved in the morning until I've had a good cup of coffee. Yeah. But that doesn't, I'm still <laughs> right. the same, same person. Yeah. The other thing is when um, people feel that God has forsaken them, and we can all relate to that. You know, you say, Lord, I mean, the questioner, I feel trapped in my depression. Why doesn't God answer my prayers that I get over this? You, In the midst of it, you feel that God has, has forsaken you. What a wonderful comfort to say that that curse of being forsaken or being abandoned, Christ bore that curse when he said, yeah. my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And believers don't, that curse is not part of them at all. No, we have been delivered from the evil of afflictions, you know, our confession says. And uh, that's a a great uh, little line that I often fall back on. Yeah, yeah, the the evil, not our affliction. Not from the affliction. No, but the evil of it. Right. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Yeah, I think people need to realize evil in the scriptures is not always sinful. Uh, uh, An earthquake is an evil, but it's not sinful. Yeah. And there is an end, there is a light at the end of the tunnel of darkness um, in the kingdom of God when you're a child of God. Mm -hmm. Weeping may last for a night, but but joy comes in the morning. And the psalmist says, I would have fainted if I hadn't believed that, if I hadn't believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Isn't that glorious? See, and there again, he, he places his feet on the rock of Gibraltar. Right. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. God himself makes sure of that. So let come what come. Let, let the darkness be the darkness for a, for a season, right. but it will end. And we're following Jesus who's the light. Just to you, this is a special edition of, of, the, uh, of a visit to the pastor's study. Once a month we do an open forum, and we've gotten questions that have come to us um, that I've clustered together about depression and you're welcome to call in with your own questions, too, if you have them, uh, 631-955-5400. I'll actually put you on the program, or you can text your question at 516-367-0391. I think, Pastor, and my guest today, Pastor Mike Plugman of the OPC in Bohemia, um, when people are depressed, they feel that sense of guilt and shame over things. What a glory it is to tell them about the cross. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Right. Yeah, it's been dealt with. It was buried. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you use hymns with people? I mean, I find sometimes yeah. um, you know, people say, yeah, I read the scriptures. It's like, it's like putting, uh, it's like water on a duck's back. But at least in my experience, I, I found that singing, particularly singing the Psalms or good hymns, will, will be of help. Definitely, because, um, well, someone has said that. Uh, uh, hymns or, or the Psalms, but it is um, great theology put to great um, poetry right. and to a great melody that we might have a great doxology. Oh, wow, that's wonderful. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of, and that's how it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it, it's memorable, and, and I particularly like the old hymns because they have meter and rhyme to them, and, and they just have, yeah. have that stickability to me. Yeah, the, the which, deep content in the yeah, why, why yeah. should cross 
and trial grieve, grieve me. me. Christ yeah. is near, you know, with right. me. I mean, yeah. never will he, never will he leave me. That that right. kind of thing that yeah. we sing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, always to the cross, and then also, I, I, I love to tell people you, you have you have ways, Pastor, might of saying those things more memorably than I do. But uh, our Christian lives are always lived with Christ in Christ simultaneously in His death. And in his resurrection, that's we, right. We died with him, that's and we've right. got to keep. We've been raised with him, yeah. Um, and I mean, it was three days before yeah, he was yeah, raised, yeah. and and uh, but but we but that life that we we do have it in him, and and he will revive that in us. He will. Yeah, yeah. he is faithful to his own work, and and all those who you know are at his door knocking and asking and seeking uh, mm-hmm. are going to find. Right, yeah. The universality, of the promises. No, yes, no, exactly. Right. No, no one should believe the promises don't apply to him. And of course, going back, yeah, it's interesting. We go back to Christ's death, his resurrection, but also his ascension. He yeah. has all authority in heaven yeah. and on earth. Yeah. And the questioner here, uh, I feel trapped in my depression. Why doesn't God answer my prayers that I get over this? Um, the Lord has has given all authority to His Son. And, uh, and and his and his son doesn't make any mistakes. Uh, just before our break, we have a call from Tyler and Mastic. Tyler, welcome to this week's open forum on a visit to the pastor's study. Hi, how are you, Pastor Shishka? How's everything? Doing well. I'm not depressed, but we're talking about that today. <laughs> <laughs> so Me what's either. on? What's I actually on your have mind? Um, something I thought of um, a hymn that I've come to appreciate a lot, Great. especially in the Reformed tradition. Uh, it's, I think it's in our the the OPC and URC Salter hymnal, the new one that just came out, and it's one that I, I've uh, come to, it's become one of my favorite ones. Uh, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. I think those are um, two things that might help somebody with depression: is that uh, obey, obeying God, you trust His promises, and you know that those that those, that can be a, a great way to relinquish uh, depression because. Thinking about you know the things that God has given us through unity with Christ, I think those are the things that God wants our minds and our hearts to be dwelling on the most. Yeah, yeah exactly. You keep and you keep doing. It. Hey, Tyler, thanks very much for the for the call. I remember when I my first church that I was in, um, I was in college at the time, and I remember asking the pastor, "What is it to be filled with the Spirit?" Oh, he says, "How how am I to be filled with the Spirit?" He said, "Read, pray, trust." And obey. So I never, obviously, never, never forgot that one. Right. Then before I break, we just add add this because we have another question we want to deal with after the break. Topic today is uh, depression on the open forum. You'll like to call and be on the program as Tyler was six three one nine five 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 four zero zero, or you can text your question if you're more comfortable with that five one six three six seven zero three nine one. But but natural remedies. We've talked about spiritual remedies, singing and, and the promises. Fascinating with Elijah. Um, Elijah in 1 Kings 19, I alone am left. <laughs> and he right. believes God's against him. And and uh, while we should never moralize with the Bible, it's interesting. He gives Elijah rest and food, and he makes him run. There's exercise and duty. He's got to get back to his work. So I've always, yeah. I've always found that fascinating. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, those go a long way as a prescription. Yeah. yeah. Um, Towards remedying right. and dispelling much of yeah. the darkness exactly, in our soul. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, the next question we're going to deal with after the break is what about medication for depression? But let's first of all hear this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. 
that great city, New York. Metropolitan New York is the largest city in the United States. And with a population of over 20 million people, Metro New York is one of the largest cities in the world. And what's more, Metro New York is home to people from every nation of the world. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. But churches faithful to historic Reformation Christianity in the Metro New York area are few and far between. The mission fields of Metro New York are America's richest and most neglected. Reformation Metro New York is an agency by which the Orthodox Presbyterian Church is planting and developing biblically faithful churches and church ministries in the Metro New York area. Through Reformation Metro New York, you can help promote the outreach of this program, a visit to the pastor's study, and other projects designed to further the ongoing reformation of the church. That and church planting are the great passions of Reformation Metro New York. For more information, check out the website at at ReformationMetroNY.org, where you'll get a personal look at the ministries of the churches, pastors, evangelists, and teachers of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in the area, and you'll learn how you can be a part of our labors. We need your help. Here's the site again, ReformationMetroNY.org. Thanks for your interest and your help. Remember that great city, New York. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. Now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. I'm Pastor Bill Shishko here with you this week, our monthly open forum on A Visit to the Pastor's Study. My guest is Pastor Mike Plugman of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Bohemia. Clusters of questions about depression. Uh, some we've kind of condensed here. Th- this is one that has come up regularly. Um, how should a Christian... Oh, and if you'd like to call in with your question, 631-955-5400, or if you'd prefer to text your question, 516-367-0391. Pastor Mike, here's the question that came to us. How should a Christian think about medications for depression? Uh, like so many other things in life, um, we, we have helps for various difficulties, uh, and we employ them, particularly in our modern age, all over the place. And I think this is how we should uh, think of medications as well. Um, medications may not cure the state of our soul, and that's important to remember. That is a supernatural work. Uh, of God, that he uh, works uh, through the gospel of his Son in in our hearts and lives. Um, but there are certainly aids um, that we can uh, employ. I, I always tell people, you know, if you have a headache, take an aspirin. Yeah. And um, it's the same way. You, you may need help. Um, now, it may be a little more complex with medications that affect our state of mind because the side effects are, are something yeah. To, yeah. Uh, to be aware of, and often these medications do need to be adjusted by mm-hmm. a, a professional. So it's very important to not just go at it, and there's a reason why these medications aren't really just available over the counter. But um, uh, So be careful to follow the advice of a professional, but, but I would not say, as, as some people do, uh, unfortunately, um, that you know, Christians are to stay away from, yeah, yeah. you know, all medications in this regard. Sometimes we need the help of medication just to begin to get our lives back together again yeah. and even to be able to receive good counsel. Yeah, that was been my experience, and I'm aware of that view. You don't take uh, 
you just shouldn't take medications for this. I, I've never been able to figure it out. If somebody's got clinical depression yeah. and people have been uh, in a depressed state for weeks and you can't even communicate with them, it takes some kind of medication just to level them out. I, 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 the two texts I think of, one, it's always intrigued me that in, in Jesus didn't do this all the time, but in healing one of the blind men, he used spittle. He actually spit yeah. in the mud. Yeah. and you, yeah. He didn't yeah. have to do that. But he used a physical means that in some way or another was connected with that. The other is Paul telling Timothy, take a little a little wine for your stomach and for your frequent infirmities. Well, that's a substance that you're never to abuse. Right. Um, and then I know the analogy I've I'm sure you used it too, is if someone breaks a leg, um, they're going to use a crutch. And hopefully they can not have to use a crutch for the rest of their lives. Well, in the same way, the medication wisely used in the hand of God is, yep. is a useful thing. Uh, absolutely. And, and people should not be embarrassed about it or... Um, you know, feel that somehow they should stay uh, stay away from it. Uh, obviously, you don't want to um, uh, overly use it, and and it's best to um, get off of them when you can. Right. But uh, you may have to use them for a time. And um, please feel free to do so. These are all God-given means that we are given yeah. today, and and. Um, they're right. there for us to uh, make use okay. of. Sure. Yeah, for those of you who, who are uh, taking medication, for not just for depression, for any reason, uh, remember to read the side effects. If you are um, you're experiencing those, then, then by all means you need to communicate with your, your medical doctor, whether it's a psych- in most cases it would be a psychiatrist um, or, or your, your GP or whatever. Make sure you communicate those side effects. Use the medicine as it's given to you. I, I think, Pastor Mike, this is kind of an application of honor your father and your mother. You know, the fifth commandment, you, you honor those in authority if this is what you're given. And never, ever just stop taking the medication that you're taking or or just stop and then go to something else, uh, there can often be, I mean, medication's tricky. Anyone will tell you, anyone, yeah. medication's yeah. tricky. It's got to be tweaked. Be careful. Yeah, yeah and yeah. always under the supervision of, of knowledgeable people. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You mentioned, Pastor Mike, it's very important. Medication isn't a cure in the same way a crutch is not a cure. Talk about that a bit. What is the cure if the medication isn't? Well, ultimately, the work of the grace of God in our hearts. Um, I had a good friend many years ago who lost his wife. He was a missionary in India, lost his wife to a rare tropical disease, was left there um, with two children, two small children. And not too long after his wife passed away, his son died from uh, the same disease. And it's caused him to sink into a a very deep depression. He was left with his daughter, came back to the United States, um, left the mission field, and and tried to get his life back together again. And when I knew him, he was a very happy kind of person, very, you know, no hint of depression. And um, when he told me the story, I, I asked him this question, how did you climb out of this dark pit of depression. And he goes, it actually was when I got a hold of the truth that Scripture teaches 
of the ministry that the Lord Jesus is carrying on on my behalf oh. at the right hand of the Father as our heavenly high priest. Oh. Because when, when that came home to me, the depression went away. Wow. That's yeah. powerful. And that's part yeah. of the promises of God. That's sure. part of the strong sure. ice again. That's so, part of his yeah. reign. Yeah. That's part of his, yeah. we yeah. think of exactly. his kingship. Yeah, but he's part exactly. of as a priest. Yeah, it's so, wonderful. He, yeah. He, he ever lives to make intercession for us. Yeah. And, and, of course, isn't it interesting how the devil will trip us up? Because in depression, we begin to, to think of how bad we are. We'll get insights into our own heart in many ways. Yeah. And, and we fall into a works righteousness pattern. Oh, the Lord's only going to accept me if, when in fact, the Lord, was he prays for us, forgive is attached to every one of those petitions. Yeah, that, that's yeah. glorious. Yeah. Pastor Lloyd-Jones, many years ago, uh, said something, and it's in one of his writings. I don't remember offhand where it is, but he, he had, had this insight that I think is very apropos to what we're talking about. He goes, be very reluctant to put your finger on the pulse of your own happiness. <laughs> very, yeah, very. And it's true because it's irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. Ultimately, yeah. you know, the strong promises are everything. Absolutely. How you feel, you're, you're thick the ice. scope of things, it's <laughs> yeah. not that important. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, of course, our culture, when we're the culture of selfies, right? Right. Everything is self-possessed in our culture. No wonder we struggle with more depression. When I remember once in our, our son Jonathan, who was, who was a minister, he, he was, it was a worship service around a Good Friday time or something. And the message, other messages that had come had been very felt, self-focused. And so Jonathan gets up. He says, hey, my message to you as you think about the cross is get off of yourselves, folks. Focus, focus on Christ. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. Incidentally, you're getting a little taste on this program of what pastoral ministry is all about, and uh, we want you to have that. Uh, that's why we always say everyone needs a pastor, and this is, this is the kind of work that pastors do. Well, now we have a brief message from those who are bringing you today's visit to the pastor's study. A visit to the pastor's study is brought to you each week at this time by the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. Our local congregations are in East Haddam, Connecticut, that's Harvest Orthodox Presbyterian Church, and in Hamden, Connecticut, that's Westminster Orthodox Presbyterian Church, and the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Mount Vernon, and then also a congregation in Queens and Fresh Meadows, Reformation Presbyterian Church. Here on Long Island, you'll find Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in Franklin Square and in Syosset, that's Trinity Church, and then the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Bohemia, New York. These aren't the only faithful churches in our area, but they're ones that we can commend to you, and we would encourage you to visit them if you don't already have a local church. We also encourage you to visit our website, visitthepastorstudy.org. That's all one word, visitthepastorstudy.org, where you'll find archives of all of the programs and what we call these magazine articles for the ear. Again, that's visitthepastorstudy.org. And I always appreciate your emails. You can email me at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. That's visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Questions you have about the program or about anything else connected with the work, I invite them. And now, back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Pastor 
Pastor Bill Shishko here with you. This is our open forum, our monthly open forum on a visit to the pastor's study topic for this month because of clusters of questions that have come. Is about depression. If you'd like to call in with your question, be on the air. 631-955-5400 is the number. And also, if you'd like to text your question, 516-367-0391. We have another pastor on the line who's calling in. This is uh, Pastor John. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Bill. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm a pastor in uh, Michigan. I pastor at Orthodox Presbyterian Church just north of Detroit, and um, I've been here for about two and a half years now, and uh, have uh, just re- that, that two and a half years ago was uh, what brought me back into ministry after a five-year break because of depression. Ooh, tell us, are you comfortable telling us a little bit about sure, that? Sure, sure, sure. So um, my situation was probably in some ways typical of a lot of pastors who've gone through this, um, and in some ways not so typical. I pastored a church right out of seminary. In fact, I went uh, from seminary to pastor the church even before I finished, and finished up my final year while I was a uh, pulpit supply at the church. It was a very uh, difficult work, um, in Appalachia, and uh, kind of a special work of the OPC. Uh, they recognized that it wasn't a typical church plant, and so they, they funded it differently. They saw it more as a mission field. And uh, it was my first ministry. I was very eager to, to do well, but uh, very inexperienced in a lot of ways, and um, <clears throat> ended up spending about nine years there, um, and just slowly over time, because of financial issues and the struggles of the ministry and um, family health problems, problems with children, uh, problems with my wife's pregnancies, just a, a various number of factors there ended up um, pretty burned out mm. and and started experiencing depression and anxiety. And uh, health, you know, my health wasn't good. My energy was low. Uh feeling very guilty, feeling like I'm, I'm a failure, um, and actually considered leaving the ministry for a time just to recover, but I was advised not to try to do that, and so I sought another call and ended up taking a call and hoping that I would kind of bounce back and rebound, and um, unfortunately, when I got to the uh, the other call, I think I lasted about three weeks, and then I was just completely finished, and I stayed there for about seven months just trying to push through. Pastor John, let me just just ask you one question. Sure. You you were already in in a depressed state. Mm -hmm. Was it, were the, when you were advised, I assume that you were, to go to this other call, were people aware of what you were going through? Well, that's the, that's the thing, um, I was trying to make them aware. I was doing my best to try to say, look, something's wrong with me. I'm not, you know, I'm not bouncing back. Um, my energy's really low. I'm having trouble sleeping. Um, so, I, but see, I didn't know really how, what category to put this in. I think I was probably in denial about, you know, this can't be depression because, you know, pastors shouldn't get depressed. Oh, and so, my. Oh. So I was... Uh, I was trying to make it known. In fact, to my 
when I told when I met with a session of the church that I was called to, I, I sat down and had a very frank conversation. I said, "Look, you know, I am really burned out. I called it burned out." Mm-hmm. And so I told him, I said, you might be getting damaged goods here. I said, I don't know what's going to happen. I've never left a church like this and gone to another work to find out what happens when you do that. You know, do you leave everything behind? Does the, you know, the, the weight fall off and the problems that you've been dealing with, do they kind of just melt into the background and you start all over, or does it go with you? And so, so I did try to let people know, but it was just in the circles that I was in, it was very difficult, uh, you know, them to understand that, I think. Yeah, well, that's 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 a topic all of its own. But I mean to interrupt you, Pastor John. Keep, keep going. Sure. It's fascinating. So, so I went uh, during that time when I was at the new call. I I went through. Uh, I went went. My elders immediately said, "Go see a doctor," which was wise advice. I found out I had sleep apnea and began to treat it. And but it was too little, too late. And so at the end of the, the seven months there, I just basically said, guys, I need a break. I'm very sorry. They, they were very kind. They were very eager to, you know, to make it work. But, um, you know, I was, just, I was just too far gone. I could tell that I wasn't going to be able to bounce back while remaining in ministry. Yeah. And so, so my family and I moved again, and, um, and I, I took a job in construction, which is what I did before I, I was in the ministry. And um, So you had you had, a, tr- you had skills as a tradesman before you went yeah. into the ministry? Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that was, a, that was a good thing to fall back on in one sense, but what I didn't realize was that you, you really can't make a living as a tradesman anymore, you know, in terms of being able to support a family on one income. It's, I think it's pretty tough to do that. Oh, okay. So that was a, a tough time, but it was a good time in the sense that, you know, I, we just spent five years just getting our feet back under us. And during that time, I began to see, uh, you know, different doctors, sleep doctors, trying to work through ways I could help with this. Um, I looked at it like it wasn't any one thing that I was going to try to address, but it had to be, uh, you know, addressing on several fronts with diet, exercise, lifestyle changes, um, my sin. I mean, of course, there's always sin involved, and so, you know, understanding the ways that my own sin had contributed to this. Um, medication was a, a, a component in this, and so... Um, now, had you taken so, any medication before for this? Uh, I, I mean, it, it was this the no. first time? No, and, and, and I, was, I was prescribed it several times. But I was so, oh, just so uh, opposed to it. It was just very, psychologically, it was just very hard for me to take that step. Well, Pastor John, this is the question that came came to us. We actually dealt with it in the first half of the program. Mm -hmm. How should a Christian think about medication for depression? So now you've been through this. How do you respond to that? Well, I think... um, (laughs) <laughs> How much time do we have? Um, I think, uh, you know, I think overall, I, I really believe that because if you take an approach to it that it's it's absolutely not a good idea, which is which is kind of the 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 position I was trained in, you know, that that medication is a it's just covering the real problem. It's not dealing with, you know, any, which in a sense is true. 
uh, it's not the fix in, in and of itself. You know, it's a piece of the puzzle. Um, but if you have an approach to it that it's under no circumstances, it's always sinful or it's always, uh, you know, a bad idea in the sense that you're just setting yourself back more and you're making it worse, and you, you don't uh, look into it when you really need it, then I think you end up needing it more in the end. I think we end up with a lot more people on them Interesting. because you damage yourself if you just simply try to push through without considering that that might be a piece of the puzzle. So when I, I used in the first half of the program, we used the analogy of a crutch. It would be a little bit like someone who should be using a crutch and instead just tries to run harder on a, on a, on a wounded leg, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. I can remember saying to my wife, you know, at the beginning of the seven-month period where, you know, I was simply trying to hang on in the ministry, I said to her, I said, look, I'm, I'm damaging myself. I said, I, I can't, I can't, it's very hard for me to get the people around me to realize that because, um, you know, if I say that, then, then that could be e- easily become something that you know, they point out as a wrong way of thinking or something that's contributing to the depression. So you have to be very careful. But um, but I could say to her, honestly, I say, look, this is doing something to me. You know, the more yeah. I push, the more I just keep yeah. on going and pretend like it's okay, and the more I, 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 you know, keep doing the things I do, living on adrenaline, struggling with sleep, we're going to pay for this at some point. And, and that was the case. I mean, it got me so low that... Uh, I knew it was going to be a, quite a period of time, and I was I was out of the ministry for five years. Well, well, Pastor John. So uh, going back to these first questions again, uh, the first one was: I feel trapped in my depression. Why doesn't God answer my prayers that I get over this? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've gotten through this. I'm going to use Pastor Mike's phrase here. So, so how did you get through? We, we talked about medication, diet, yeah. uh, exercise. T- talk about what else. Your sleep patterns. How did they get changed? Well, I think, like I said, you you know, we're always, you know, in the middle of it, you're looking for the magic fix. You're looking for the one thing that, you know, will fix this. And for for the longest time, I kept seeing it as a spirit, just strictly a spiritual problem. And so, uh, so as I began to, you know, climb out of this, or, or actually I should say get away from uh, the people that saw it very, in a very truncated way as simply a spiritual problem, and I began to look at the way that other Christians and, and even, you know, secular people w- looked at this. Um, you know, there were several factors that, you know, began to turn around for me. Um, I could point to about three people uh, in ministry that helped me um, begin to see this differently. And one of the big factors was just lifting the guilt. So... Like when you're when you're in this, when you're depressed, you're you're struggling with anxiety. It's almost it's almost like there's two levels of uh, cause here. One is that you, you're dealing with all the stuff that's causing you know you to be anxious or or depressed. I mean, you, and you know what that is. I mean, it's just dragging you down. No. Whatever it may be in your life going on, that's pushing you beyond what you're you know able to bear. But then you have another thing, a layer that is is just huge, and it's that I shouldn't feel this way. Something's wrong. Yeah. God's not, God's, God's upset with me. He's yeah. looking at me saying, you know, why aren't you, why aren't you praying your way out of this? Why aren't you trusting me enough? 
And then you have that along with the stigma. And then that adds the, to your sense of guilt, obviously, right? Sense of guilt, yeah. but then also just, um, you know, do, the fear that, you're, you're, you know, what are people going to think? Okay. What are people going to say? You know, uh, uh, you know, hiding it. You know, uh, the shame of having to say, "Look, I'm just broke right yeah. now." So how did and, how did the Lord pull you out of that, Pastor John? Well, I, I think one of the one of the big things, as I said, was just reading s- stuff that um, just began to turn that around. And one of the, one of the books that really helped me early on was David Murray's little book, um, Christians Get Depressed Too. Okay. And that was a that that kind of just began to lift the guilt. It, it it I would I would say that that book helped me to turn turn around. Mm-hmm. It didn't it didn't you know lift me out of it, but it helped me to turn around and realize that maybe this isn't you know strictly a sin issue. Maybe there's a lot of things going on here that I need to be considering. And so it helped me to to begin to turn around and just walk away from that way I was going. And then. Um, Another book that was enormously helpful was uh, a little book by Zach Swine, I think is how you pronounce his name. It's called Spurgeon's Sorrows. And um, David mentions Spurgeon in his book, but Zach goes further and just explores that. And, uh, and you begin to see, okay, uh, maybe, maybe this isn't something that is, is so terrible after all. Maybe it's not such a shameful thing. Maybe it's something that God can give a person, a pastor, to to make him trust more and to make him more effective in ministry. How did you and now? I how did I, you come to appreciate the gospel more through this? Yeah. Well, again, um, you know, I, I think for a long time I was pretty disillusioned. And, did you ever um, actually doubt your faith? I mean, did, I don't mean oh, yeah. your, your salvation. Did you just doubt the Christian faith through this? Yeah, yeah. What, what I would describe it as is I, I would look back at everything in my ministry and in my Christian life, and I thought, it's all hypocrisy. I, I, all I could see was the sin. All I could see was the indwelling sin. All I could see were, were the bad motives. And it's almost like you, you couldn't, I couldn't see anything good in it at all. And so, did I doubt? Yeah, I doubted that I was ever going to be back in ministry again. I mean, that was, you know, pretty, pretty clear to me. And, um, and so, you know, did I doubt my salvation? Well, I, I, I just certainly wondered sometimes, you know, is any of this really true? Wow. It just felt like God was, you know, if he was there, I, I had no idea what he was doing. I had no. I thought I knew him, but I didn't. But you're by God's grace, you're out of that, and now you're pastoring a church north of Detroit, right? Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, by God's grace. Yeah. Would you uh, Would you be open to doing a whole visit to the pastor's study on this topic? Absolutely. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So we're already in the planning stages for upcoming uh, months. So we'll. Uh, maybe you'll uh, make sure that I have your contact information. Hey, Pastor John, thanks. That's fascinating. I think we just touched the hem of the garment on this one. Uh, this is a special open forum uh, with questions uh, clearly from what's come in. <laughs> we've, we've, we're hitting an important topic on depression. Pastor Mike Plugman, you've been my guest. We got a, you got about 45 seconds or so. Anything you else you want to add to what's what's been said? We're never going to forget the thick ice. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Bill, that's a very important analogy that, that I counsel myself with um, many a day, many a day, and not putting the finger on my own happiness. Um, yeah. That's another. That's a pathway you want to be very reluctant to yeah. walk down. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Um, I appreciate you being a guest today on the Pastor yeah, Study. Yeah, no, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I love working with Pastor Plugman. There's that. There's that uh, down to. If I, this is going to sound contradictory, down to earth, heavenly horse sense. There you go. How's that? <laughs> we come to the section that we now call uh, counsel from the Pastor Study. A uh, few things. Make sure um, if you're starting to go through a bout with depression, do get a full physical. Uh, in some cases. There may be actual physical factors that are contributing to that, and let's not be those who uh, make a, 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 a wrong distinction between soul and body. We're whole people, body and soul, and the soul affects the body, body affects the soul, good physical. Also, as far as books go, uh, the ones that Pastor John mentioned, uh, Zach Eswine's Spurgeon's Sorrows, uh, excellent little volume, especially for pastors. David Murray's Christians Get Depressed Too. For ministers, I would add the chapter in Spurgeon's Lectures to My Students, The Minister's Fainting Fits, which I never realized is really his term for depression. Spurgeon had, had those himself. And then also uh, in our own day, Edward T. Welch has written, I think, probably the, the, the best uh, in-depth treatment of this depression, a stubborn darkness, and the update edition, Depression Looking Up from the Stubborn Darkness, uh, which has a little bit more material in it. But Edward T. Welch, we, are, we need to be thankful to the Lord for his fine material drawn from the Scriptures in his own heart on depression. And Pastor Mind had referred to another uh, book as well, Dr. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones's book, Spiritual Depression, um, it's one that addresses some of these themes. In in the time that we have left for counsel from the pastor's study, uh, especially for those of you struggling with depression, I really would like you to turn your attention to Psalm 77. Uh, Psalm 77, and, and the first nine verses, I always say that the psalmist has an I problem, uh, not E-Y-E, but first person singular, something like what Pastor Might developed, um, I think, 20 times in six of the verses in Psalm 77. The psalmist makes reference to himself. He, he's focused on himself. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. And, and, that, that's, and, and, and as he focuses more on that and feels his own sin and failing, he begins to think that God has forsaken him. That, again, is the devil's trap. He's a liar. He's a destroyer. You must lay hold of the fact that part of the good news of the gospel, and not a small part of it, is that Christ was abandoned so that we who abandon ourselves to him might not be. Pivotal verse in Psalm 77 is verse 10. Very difficult to translate. It, it's, it's literally something like this. This is my weakness. This is my problem. And, and here again, it's a personal weakness, but what he's saying is essentially what Pastor Mainz said, my feelings, my thoughts, my assessments. They're wrong. Years of the right hand of the Most High, uh, years God has been faithful and he will continue to be faithful. Right hand, God is active. And the Most High, God is sovereign over all things. He turns over to God. It's just kind of like Bob Dylan's got to change my way of thinking. It's very similar to the transition our Lord had. Father, 
If you are willing, let this cup pass from me, that cup of abandonment. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And even as Pastor John mentioned, a transition period. So in depression, there is a transition period when you turn from yourself to God. That comes by grace. And then in verses 11 through 20, that's the way up. Depression is a downward spiral. And beginning at verse 11, there is the way up. The psalmist focuses on the wonderful deeds of God from of old, and he weaves together under the inspiration of God that beautiful picture of the Israelites going through the Red Sea, and he weaves with it some of the pictures that, that, uh, of the flood that covered the whole world. And, and he ends this way. There's really no resolution of his problem yet, whatever it is, but he said, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. It's what Pastor Mind had mentioned early in the program. God brings us through these things as he brought his people through the Red Sea. And, and that, that, brothers and sisters in Christ, that's your share in the resurrection of Christ when the Lord brought Jesus through death, raised him again. Of course, that will be filled, fulfilled in the ultimate sense at the last day when Christ comes back. But it also has proximate fulfillments when the Lord, as it were, raises us to newness of life out of our depression. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. Rest in that when you're going through your times of depression and every other time. Hey, my thanks to Pastor Mike Plugman, pastor of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Bohemia, New York. Check out our archives of past Visit to the Pastor's Study programs. You can find those on sermonaudio.com, which is a tremendous resource. Just look up a Visit to the Pastor's Study. Or you can go right to our own website, visitthepastorsstudy.org. Visit the Pastor's Study. That's all one word, visitthepastorsstudy.org. Archives of all the past programs. I appreciate your feedback, your questions. You can email me, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. I think you got it, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Or you can call me in my study 516-593-1507. Remember, tomorrow is the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that is faithful to the Word of God. And never forget that everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to a special open forum edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated and the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorstudy.org. Listen in next Saturday at 1 p.m. for another open forum edition of a visit to the pastor's study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.